So Jesus encountered a lot of different people, as is recorded in the Gospels, um, encountered a lot of different women. And it seems as though he had uh, a soft spot for hurting women and wanting to care for them and, and wanting to minister to them. And we're going to look at an, at an example today of a lady uh, that he encountered who was hurting, who had a terrible, seemingly humanly insolvable problem, but he ministered to her. And I know there's a lot of hurting women in, in the world, and so I hope this speaks to women on, on Mother's Day today, but really it applies to all of us. Uh, a lot of hurting people, uh, a lot of storms. Um, you know, we have a variety of different personal storms in our lives, but uh, this collective storm of everything that we're dealing with, with the pandemic, uh, is can exacerbate that and just make it more difficult for us uh, to deal with. And so uh, whatever you may be struggling with today, I pray that God uses this to speak to you and that he ministers to you and, and, and gives you what you need today as you trust him in the midst of your storm. And you may be thinking, you don't know my storm. It's really hard for me to trust him. I'm not even sure if I believe in him. Well, I think the, the story that Molly read can be helpful with that because really the main idea of this story is that we often have terrible problems and imperfect faith, but we have a perfect Savior who responds to even imperfect faith and touches us at our point of need. And so I think that's the big idea of this story, and, and I want us to, to walk through that. And so the, the first Part of this that I want us to see today is a terrible problem. Uh, th this lady had an awful problem. In verse 43, it says again, Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by, by many. So uh, th this lady had, was having female problems, some type of menstrual issue, and uh, you know, been to all different kinds of physicians. It actually bankrupted her, and they didn't have any cure for her. Now, you know, even today, this would be a very difficult situation, but before modern medicine, modern hygiene products, I mean, this would have been a really, really uh, terrible situation. Now, we may not even understand how bad this is because we maybe would think more of the, the physical and the emotional repercussions of it, of which uh, she was certainly experiencing that, but there were some spiritual repercussions of this in their society as well. And really the background of this is found in, in Leviticus chapter uh, 15. And uh, you know, we know that this problem would have been embarrassing, inconvenient, defiling, separating. She was suffering. It was costly. Like I said, it seemed to have no human solution. It was a terrible problem. And it was a terrible problem because really it was a problem in at least five different areas. So it was a physical problem. She was suffering and there was no cure. It was a financial problem in that it was bankrupting her. Uh, it was an emotional problem in that, uh, you know, she would have felt hopeless, uh, obviously discouraged, lonely, things like that. Spiritually, according to the law, she would have been considered unclean. And then socially, uh, she would have been rendered an outcast. Uh, she couldn't touch anyone. No one was supposed to touch her. If she were married, it may have led to a divorce or maybe it kept her from ever getting married, separated her from her family. She was really probably alone. And suffering is always bad, but what's even worse is when we have to suffer 
alone. <clears throat> so let me ask you today, what, what are your problems? What, what kind of storm are you facing? What, what are you suffering with? How do you relate to this lady? Do you have a physical issue? Do you have a financial issue? Maybe you've lost a, a job or your hours have gotten cut back. Are you struggling emotionally with uh, brought on by your other problems or by family issues or just by stress, anxiety, fear? And I think all of us are probably struggling with some fear of the unknown because of, of what's going on around us uh, spiritually. Uh, are you struggling with, with guilt, uh, fear, anxiety? Do you feel separated from God? Do you know that you don't have a relationship with God? Uh, are you having relational issues, social issues? Do you feel alone in, in some way? So maybe you can relate to this lady in one of these areas. Maybe you can relate to her in, in, in several different areas. But I want you to just think about what are your problems and are there human solutions to those problems? Or are they problems that you need to bring to Jesus? Because that's what this lady did. And I'm thinking that she probably got really desperate because we see here that she was in a crowd and she really wasn't supposed to be in a crowd. She was supposed to be isolated because of the defilement that was brought about by this problem according to the law. She wasn't supposed to touch or be touched. But she just came to the place of like, Something's got to change. I, 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 I need help. And I've heard about this Jesus and nobody else can seem to help me. And, and, and maybe he can help me. And maybe that's the place that you need to come to today is like, I've got problems and I don't know how to solve them. It seems like nobody else has, has, knows how to solve them. And, you know, I've heard of Jesus and, and I'm not sure about Jesus, but maybe I, I need to bring myself. I need to bring my problems to Jesus today. But like, I don't know if I believe in him. I'm not sure what he can do. But I want you to understand, it doesn't take a perfect faith to get touched by Jesus. Because we need to see here that this lady had an imperfect faith. Verse 44 says, She came from behind and touched the border of his garment, uh, and immediately her flow of blood stopped. And so she obviously had faith. And we know she had faith because she acted on her faith. The Bible says faith without works is dead. Uh, but real faith is taking God at his word and acting on it. She did what it took, what she had to do to get to Jesus. And that's really the heart of the matter. Her faith was active and not passive. You see, sometimes I think we say we believe, but we just sit around passively waiting for God to do something. We're like, you know, if God will do something, I'll take a step. But as we see in the Gospels, as, as, as Jesus responds to faith, and often he didn't in this case, but often he gave an instruction that accompanied a miracle, often God is waiting on us to do what he says, and then he comes through. Often uh, faith is taking a step, and then God works as we do that. She put forth the effort to find Jesus to fight the crowd, which, like I said, she really wasn't even supposed to be in, and she pressed through to actually touch him. Today, do you need to press through your doubt, 
your fear, your struggles, your worries, and actually touch Jesus. And I want you to know that Jesus sees you. He loves you. He knows where you are. You're not just one of 7 billion plus people on the planet. Jesus knows and, and sees and, and touches individuals in a crowd. He knows you by name. He has the hairs on your head numbered. He cares about you. And, and, and the thing about it is that uh, she had faith, but it was, it was an imperfect faith. Her, her faith was based on superstition and bad theology because there was a thought in that day and time, if there was a healer or a teacher, a man of God, that if you could touch the hem of their garment, that power or healing virtue would flow from him and you know touch you and, and meet your need. So... She had faith in Jesus. It was mixed up with some superstition, like I say, some bad theology. And don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not justifying superstition. I'm not justifying uh, bad theology. Part of growing in Christ is learning the Word of God, living according to truth, uh, saying correct things about God and about the Christian faith. But if you're not a Christian, you don't have to have it all figured out and, and worked out uh, to come to Jesus. If you're a new Christian, uh, God doesn't expect you. We don't expect you to have all of your theological T's crossed and your I's dotted right now. You just run to Jesus. You come to Him with the faith that, that, that you have. Bring your fear and your worry and your doubt and your questions and even your bad theology and let Him work with you and through you and in you. Let Him straighten that out. We can come as we are. We can come with a simple, humble, childlike faith and bring our lives, bring our hearts, bring our needs to Jesus. And He'll touch us. Because the main idea of this story is that we have a perfect Savior who touches us at our point of need. The reality is that the key to our faith is not the amount of our faith, not the perfection of our faith, although more faith is better, uh, a, a better doctrinally formed faith, is better, but the key to our faith is the object of our faith. And Jesus is a perfect Savior. You see, we can trust in things that will let us down. We can buy a product and it not work. We could go to somebody for financial advice and they could give us bad advice or they could rip us off. And we could have had complete trust in that product or that person, but the faith doesn't make it work. The key is the object of our faith. It's what we're trusting in, actually trustworthy. And the reality is Jesus is a perfect Savior who's completely trustworthy. And thank God it's not even based on how much we trust Him. It's based on who He is and what He's done for us. Once again, I'm not uh, discouraging us from having faith. I, I though hope we get set free by this, by looking at this lady's example to realize that it depends on Jesus and not us. And if we come to him and, and we can even pray something like another man did in the gospel when he said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. If we bring whatever faith in Jesus that we have, he is going to honor that. He is going to use that. It doesn't have to be a perfect faith because he is a perfect savior. And that's so freeing. You know, that, that, the thing that that man said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. I've prayed that so many times in, in, in my life. I'm just glad it doesn't depend on me. It depends on Jesus. I think we have to be careful sometimes 
to uh, not put faith in our faith, but make sure the object of our faith is Jesus, not look to ourselves or not listen to the prosperity gospel that, it, that we can name it or claim it, or if we have enough faith or if we have the right formula that God's bound to do whatever we say, but to trust that Jesus is, a, is in control, that He's good, that He loves us, that He knows what's best for us, to rely on Him. The, the Scripture says here in verses 45 through 48, Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied it, Peter, of course, spoke up, and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you, and you say, Who touched me? They're like, it's almost like you're saying, Jesus, you're kind of crazy here. Dude. You're surrounded by a multitude of people. Of course, people are going to touch you. Why are you even asking a question like this? You know, Peter seemed to like to correct Jesus, and we probably shouldn't judge him because I think we maybe have a tendency sometimes, you know, to almost do the same thing. But Jesus knew somebody touched him because he says in the next verse, somebody touched me. And here's how he knew, for I've perceived power going out from me. He knew that his healing virtue, that the power of God had flowed through him and touched someone. And, it's, and, and I think the reason he was calling this woman out was so that uh, she could testify of her faith so that God could be glorified. It wasn't really a lack of knowledge on Jesus' part. Uh, we see Jesus in the Gospels asking questions that he knew the answer to, kind of like parents do with their kids, say. Uh, but verse 47 says, Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him and declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. So she declared her faith. She declared the miracle that had been done. And so Jesus said to her, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. And by the meaning of the words, we know that she wasn't just physically healed, but she was spiritually saved as well. And so, you know, this is the point of the story. It's not about her faith. It's not about our faith. It's about God's greatness and power and love and Him working in our lives, in our storms, by His grace and mercy. So what's your problem? Will you bring it to Jesus? Do you need physical healing? Will you ask Him for it uh, today? Now, He doesn't always heal physically. This was a miracle. Sometimes He does miracles. Sometimes He doesn't. Think about the Apostle Paul, who was obviously a man of faith. He said he had a thorn in the flesh, which I think was some kind of physical uh, malady. But he asked three times, and three times God said, My grace is sufficient. God is going to answer our prayers. He's going to work. It may not always be what, he, he, what we want it to be, but bring your physical problems to Him. Do you have a financial need? We ask Him for His uh, provision. Are you struggling emotionally? Today, we ask Jesus for peace and hope and strength and, and, and guidance and, and, and joy and just for Him to help you through uh, what you're going through. Are you having relational problems? Will you bring that to Jesus and ask Him to intervene in those situations? Spiritually, do you have a relationship with Jesus? Today, I want you to know that if you will admit that you're a sinner, that you've been defiled by sin, that you have the disease, the, the virus uh, of sin, which is the spiritual pandemic because the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If you will admit that, if you will admit there is no human cure, like this lady had tried uh, to find doctors who could solve her problem for 12 years, if you'll admit 
that you can't earn forgiveness of your sins, that your works can't bring you to God, that religion won't justify you or make you right with God, but you'll come to Jesus today humbly admitting you're a sinner, believing that He died for all of your sins, rising from the dead. If you'll confess your sins, ask Him to forgive you of your sins, He'll cleanse you, save you, heal you, deliver you, forgive you, make you new spiritually, give you a relationship with God. You see, in this passage, there's really a picture of the gospel. Like I said, in, uh, the, the kind of the background of her problem is found in the Old Testament in Leviticus chapter 15, where it talks about how people were defiled by uh, bodily fluids and emissions, and, including uh, a flow of blood like this. But then the next chapter, talks about atonement for sin. And uh, you know, two things were happening in that chapter. There was a sacrifice that was offered up um, for the forgiveness of sins uh, by the, the, the priest. And then uh, symbolically, the priest laid his hands on a goat and sent it, sent it outside of the camp, the scapegoat, to show that people's sins had been taken off of them and had been taken away by this sacrifice. And this pictures two theological terms for us, propitiation and expiation. Propitiation is the fact that Jesus was the atoning sacrifice for our sins, paying the price, absorbing the wrath of God so we could be forgiven, but also that He expiated our sins, that He bore our sins. So now they have been taken off of us. We're cleansed. There's no defilement by our sin or how we've been sinned against. It's been taken outside the camp, so to speak. You see, when we come to Jesus in faith, when we believe the gospel, the good news of His death, burial, and resurrection on our behalf, you see, our sins are transferred to Jesus. And without Him being defiled, He now forgives and cleanses us. And so this is pictured in, in what happened with this, mo with this woman. Her defilement was transferred to Jesus. His healing and forgiveness and cleansing was transferred to her. So she was not just healed physically. She was saved. She was transformed spiritually. And so I encourage you, if you're not a Christian, bring your sin to Jesus. Let Him take it away from you. If you're a Christian and you know, there's sin in your life, you're, you're not, you've not been walking with the, the, the Lord. There's some things you know you ought to be doing that you're not. There's some things you've been doing that you know you shouldn't be. They're, you're being disobedient to God. And uh, you know that God is dealing with you about those sins. Right now, I encourage you to bring them to the cross and know that Jesus will forgive you and cleanse you and change you. Listen, if we're a child of God, we can know that Jesus is always working in us and for us by His grace and His mercy. Yes, we have problems. Yes, we have storms. That's part of living in a fallen world. But whatever our problems are, however horrible they may be, however weak our faith may feel sometimes, however imperfect we may be, we have a perfect Savior who meets us at our point of need, who touches us. Only one touch from the Master is all it takes to heal, to save, to deliver, to change, to transform, to make you new, to change circumstances in your life when He chooses to do that. So I invite you today to come to Jesus, to bring your needs to Him, to find your identity in Him, to find your cleansing in Him, in His precious blood, to let Him make you new. So if, if you would, would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me?
And I just want to encourage you just in this moment of time, just wherever you are, just to come to Jesus, to bring the faith that you have, to bring your problems to Him. If you need physical healing, ask Him for it. It may be His will, maybe it's not, but the Bible says we have not because we ask not. If you've got financial needs, ask for His provision. You've got family problems, relational issues, ask Him to intervene. Ask Him to show you what to do. You need peace and joy and love. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you, to help you, to change you. You need a job. Um, ask for His provision. Pray for others that you know and care about. You're a Christian who's not been walking with the Lord. The Bible says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Ask for His forgiveness today. If you're not a Christian, the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so I encourage you just to call on the name of Jesus. Admit you're a sinner. Ask Him to cleanse you by His blood that He shed on the cross. Tell Him you believe that He died for you, that He rose from the dead. And right now, surrender to Him as Lord and Savior. Ask Him to come into your life. Listen, if you have questions about becoming a Christian, email us at info at thetruelifechurch.com or if we can minister to you in any other way, post something in the comments or on YouTube or Facebook or uh, go to the prayer button in the online church platform uh, and click on that and we have people who'll pray for you, who'll talk to you, minister to you, answer your questions. But come to Jesus today. Uh, just run to Him.